Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play. The Cubs with the World Series. The Cubs have finally won it all. It's seven and ten. But it takes a team. It does. It's a team effort. It takes everybody you know, on their A game to be successful day in and day out. Oh, I had this like really cool intro this morning too, so then I get all addled, sorry. So uh, we are going to get ready to do a message series called Play to Your Strengths. I thought we'd go from NASCAR to baseball, you know, some other sport that I know absolutely nothing about, but I do think we each can learn something uh, from strengths and from baseball. It takes a team to win the game, and that is true in life, but in order to be a healthy, successful part of a team, we have to be, like Tommy Binkley said in the video, playing to our A game. So for the next four weeks, we are going to talk about what it means to be a person that lives into his or her strengths. So we're going to pull up the lights, and I hope you got a little piece of paper when you walked in this morning. No, that is not where I want you to write uh, the sermon for next week, although I heard that was a suggestion. That way it would be kept very short. Uh, I want you to take out that piece of paper, and I want you to take a pen, and I want you to draw two lines on the piece of paper. Just draw two straight lines across the piece of paper. You can use your leg or your armrest, whichever works better. And now, I want you to take your non-dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, I want you to take your left hand and, and vice versa. And I want you to write your name on the line. So take your non-dominant hand and write your name on the line. Either one, I don't care. See, that's where that is not one of my strengths. Uh, details, I don't care which line, just pick one. If you're worshiping with us online this morning, we send a very special and warm shout out to you. And uh, we hope that you'll do this along with us at home. Now, whichever line did, that you did not write your name on, I want you to now switch hands and write your name on the line with your dominant hand. Which was easier? Your dominant hand, right? Because that's where your strength is. You're, you can write better. You can play an instrument better. You can do lots of things better with your dominant hand. Well, just like we have a dominant hand, a dominant side of our body, we also have dominant strengths that make up who we are. So for the next four weeks, we are going to be using this thing called Clifton's Strengths Finder. It is used widely in corporations and schools today. And what it is, is it is a, a $20 test that you can take and it will show you your top five strengths. If you want to pay the expensive amount, you can get all 34 of your strengths. But what they've done is Gallup over a period of time studied human nature with some of the leading scientists and came up with four different quadrants that our strengths fall into. One is relationship building, 
One is executing. One is influencing, like people that have influence on others. And the last one is strategic thinking. And what you will find, what I will find, is that we have five strengths. And if we will live into those strengths and play our life's game out of those strengths, that we will be happier, we will be healthier, and we will be more successful. And who doesn't want to be happier, healthy, healthier, and more successful? I want to show you a picture of someone up on the screen. Do you know who this is? Warren Buffett, exactly. Years ago, he was speaking to a group of students at the University of Nebraska. And he said, up on the stage, he said, you know what? I don't have anything that you don't have. And they all laughed because he is like one of the wealthiest people in the world. He single-handedly has given the largest philanthropic donation to a nonprofit organization. He gave $2.84 billion to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He has a huge heart. He also has a, a keen skill for investing. So he's talking to these students at the University of Nebraska and he said, you know, I don't, I don't have anything different. There's nothing more special about me than you. I don't have anything different than you have at my core. And they laughed because, you know, they're college students, so probably most of them struggle to even pay their cell phone bill from month to month. And then he said this, and he said, this defined his life, and if we would heed this counsel and advice and let it begin to define who we are, that we would find ourselves much happier, healthier, and more successful. He said, the only thing different than he and the college students that were sitting in that auditorium that day is that every morning when he wakes up, he does what he loves. He loves being an investor. And that over the years, he has taken his strengths which actually are very different than what many would think an investor's strengths are. He is uh, not a very huge risk taker. He has what's called a 20-year perspective. Uh, he has a keen sense of patience. And he is, uh, he's not very shrewd when it comes to dealing with people. He actually builds relationships with people and, and looks at investing from a different perspective. And it has bode very well for him because what he did years ago was realize, here are my strengths. Here are the things that I'm good at. I need to do something with those strengths and quit trying to be good at things that I'm not good at. And it turned out pretty well for him. I'll never forget uh, when a new senior pastor moved to Williamson's Chapel several years ago and I was the associate pastor. Every year at the end of the year when we have to do a, an evaluation of ourselves, we have to say what we're going to work on next year in continuing education so that we get better at our jobs. So I typed up my report, I gave it to him, and he looked puzzled and I thought, well, that's concerning. And so he said, why are you going to this conference on church administration? And I said, well, because I don't know how to do it. And he said, well, I know that. And I thought, well, there you go. At least we're on the same page. And he said, well, you know, let's just be honest here. You're, you're not very good at that. 
He said, why would you go to a conference and try to learn how to be good at something you're probably not ever going to be very good at? He said, you have a baseline set of skills, but this is not ever going to be something that you're, you're excelling at. Why would you go to a conference that's going to teach you how to be an administrator? He said, why don't you go to a conference on learning to be a better preacher? He said, that's where your gifts are. For a minute, you know, I was a little insulted. I'm like, you know, well, he thinks I stink at church administration, which technically I do. But, you know, I didn't really want to hear that in that moment. But then when I got past my own ego, I realized that he had given me a very high compliment from somebody that was a very eloquent speaker and preacher and pastor. He said, why don't you go to conferences and why don't you work on being a a better preacher? Because that's what you're good at. So this morning, I want you and I to think about for a few minutes, what are we good at? Where are our strengths? I want you to look at the definition of strength by strength finder. And while we're doing that, will you clap if you've ever heard of the Gallup Clifton Strengths Finder? Will you clap if you've ever heard of that? A strength is a consistent, near perfect performance in an activity. And the key word here is consistent. Now I want to show you another screen that gives you uh, three other terms that I want us to look at in relation to strengths. The first is talents. Our talents are naturally recurring patterns of thought, feeling, or behavior. Various themes of talent is what StrengthsFinder actually measures. And then there's something else called knowledge that consists of the facts and the lessons learned. And the final thing are skills, the steps of an activity. Now, we can gain knowledge, we can learn things, and I have learned a little about church administration over the years, and hopefully I have because I administer a church, but, you know, it's, it's not my strongest forte. Skills are parts and pieces that go into activities, and that's something else that we can learn, but there are innate talents in each of us. And I bet if we'll stop and think about them for a few minutes and then begin to tap into those as we live our lives and invest our time and our energy in those talents, we'll find that we're happy. And we'll find that our lives are more rich and well-rounded because of it. Yesterday, we were cleaning up from the back-to-school bash, and uh, we'll show you a video in a few minutes of what the day went like. So I do want to thank all of you. Even if you weren't there yesterday, you were a part of it in some way, shape, or form, whether it was contributing your tithing dollars to West, because a huge part of our missions budget goes to support the back-to-school bash, whether you did some shopping beforehand. Uh, there's lots of different ways, if you bought a pair of tennis shoes, that you participated in yesterday. But yesterday Yesterday afternoon, we were cleaning up, and that is the least fun part of Bash. The volunteers start getting there about 5.30 a.m., and then, you know, by the time 2 o'clock rolls around, everybody is spent. But there's always extra left over because we don't want to run out of anything. And so we have extra cases of water, extra cases of hot dogs, and a few shoes. This is the first year we haven't had just tons of excess left over, which was good because the volunteers that stayed behind to clean up were tired. 
I knew that they were tired. And I believe in leadership. You need to do what you ask other people to do. So I try to do that. I don't always get it right. But yesterday I thought, okay, I want to help. So I'm going to load up all these cases of water on this little rolly cart. And, you know, cases of water are, are heavy. I thought I could get a little, you know, little exercise while I was trying to do this. So I wheeled the cart in this walk-in freezer. There's these big plastic things hanging down from the doorway. I wheel the cart in and I load up, I don't know, 12 to 15 cases, each of 24 bottles of water. And I perhaps stacked it a little too high. I did not think through the fact that it would not stay stationary as I rolled it out of the walk-in refrigerator. And so I opened the door and I wanted to do it to like, sort of say thank you to the people that were staying behind. So I start pushing the cart out of the freezer and I see some of the uh, teardown team walking in the, the kitchen area and they see me and I, there's a small look of concern on their face, probably because they knew this was not going to go well. And sure enough, they were right. Now, I wanted in the moment to blame those large plastic things that were hanging down from the door. And I may or may not have thought a not nice profane word in the moment because all the water cases, it was like one of those slow motion movies. You could see them just start to topple off of that cart and they were going everywhere. And then water bottles started going everywhere. And so my good faith effort turned into a disaster. So not only did we have to pick it all up, I had created more work for the teardown team trying to clean up my mess. Finally, when we got outside and they started putting the cases of water in the truck, somebody said, well, look at this case on the bottom. It's not even a full case. It's missing some bottles of water. That's what caused the water to fall off. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then somebody else said, Why didn't you let the engineers in the group pack up the water? Let the artists just sort of be over there doing their own thing. That's what happens when we don't live life in our strengths. Now, I can think strategically and I can say, you know, if we do this and this, then we need this. But there is a a factor missing in my brain called logic. And I'm being honest, I'm owning, I'm owning my uh, inadequacies and, and the ways that I fail because I fail a lot and screw up a lot all the time. Um, logic just is not in here with me and there are things that I don't necessarily think through that I should think through. But one of my strengths is being an influencer. And so I'm smart enough to know that in some things I really am not very smart. The food truck would not exist if I didn't have a great right hand that ends up being my right hand and my left hand a lot of times because he's a much more logical and logistical thinker than I am. One of my strengths is visionary and futuristic. I can see things way down the road and I can tell you how this food truck mission could you know, serve 150 and then we could even have a devotional time or a worship experience that's attached to it and we can do A, B, C, and D. But you know, you have to have a captain and a driver every single week. My strength is not in the details. When we realize where our strengths are not, and we quit trying to compensate for those weak areas, we find that we're happier 
And we find that life fits more. When the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Rome, it was a new church. And we get wrapped up in some of the inconsistencies of Paul. And actually, this is where a lot of denominational differences come from. In the New Testament, we look at the letters that Paul wrote the different churches, and then we start taking those letters literally, and we take them to mean things that probably he didn't. It would be like 2,000 years from now, taking emails that we would write to different people and looking at them from a perspective 2,000 years from now and saying, well, you know, these are all rigid and finite statements with no room for interpretation. And, and we can't do that. So if you look at this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he was talking to them about the very thing that we're talking about this morning. He was talking to them about their strengths. He wanted them to understand that, yes, we are all united together in love and, and we need to love all people. Rome, the book of Romans is where he, he states that over and over again. But then he tells them something about what they need to do with their gifts. So hear this passage from Romans 12, starting with verse 3. Because of the grace that God gave me, being the Apostle Paul, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though, there are many of us. We are one body in Christ. And individually, we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace. And that grace has been given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should smile. So what if we become aware of our strengths? And I am not, you know, paid as a consultant for Clifton Strengths Finder or anything. There is no personal gain here. But I really, really would like for us as a faith community to each take the Clifton Strengths Finder. I thought about paying for it for each person, but uh, that's a little out of our church budget. But it's $20. And what you will find out about yourself, I promise, will be revealing and if you'll read it and read the report and see what it says about you, I also think it will be transformational if then you start putting your time and your energy and your passions into the things that you are innately good at. We are all innately good at something, but none of us are innately good at everything. The test will take about 20 minutes to take, and, and it is. It's revealing. The conference, the United Methodist Conference, has every pastor take it when we go into leadership development courses. It's one of the first things that they have us do. You know what I'm not good at? What my lowest uh, weakness is? Consistency. If you know me, you know that that is very true. I bounce all over the place. 
My number one strength is communication, strategic, then futuristic, then influencer, and then achiever. Those are my strengths. So that's what I need to focus on. Consistency, logic, details. It's not probably ever going to happen. So when the leadership team and the strategic team start throwing around emails about office space and leases and contracts and all that kind of stuff, I just bow out. Give me the end conclusion. I'll share my opinion and we'll go from there because that's not who I am. For years, I used to beat myself up because I'm not other uh, like other pastors and I'm never going to be an executive pastor of a large church and all that kind of stuff. But guess what? That's all right. Because I can pastor a church that will spearhead a movement for a community. Seven years ago today was our last Sunday as a worshiping community launch team at Williamson's Chapel. I was the missions pastor at Williamson's Chapel and we had this idea. We as a team had the idea for the back to school bash and we thought we'd see if we could pull it off. You know, there's a difference between being the missions pastor at a, you know, 1,200 average worshiping attendance church and being the lead pastor of a movement of about 200 or 250. Because guess what? August rolled around again a year later. And here we were as West. And here was this thing called the bash. And it had been rather successful that first year. How do you pull something off like that? Well, you did. Different people in this room and worshiping with us online and people that are not here with us today all have different skill sets and strengths. And you all amaze me over and over again, whether it is uh, the back to school bash or the continued execution of the food truck. Or Ding Dong Ditch at Christmas where you serve over 150 kids and families with Christmas gifts as a surprise with no strings attached because they might just be a little down on their luck or need some extra love at Christmas. There's other things that you do throughout the year. You pack backpacks for kids that don't have enough to eat. Everything that we do from Sunday morning and making this happen with Sparked and Wired and all that stuff to our big missional foundational pillars of, of us as a church. It's because you live into your strengths. And if I'm smart, I get out of the way. And if I'm smarter, I support you. And that's where sometimes I miss the boat. But it's always my hope to be better. Yesterday could not have been more powerful Over 5,500 people came. We served literally 4,812 hot dogs. Yes, I was in charge of food this year, so I decided I'd know how many hot dogs we served. 1,200 pair of shoes. We've never done that before in a short period of time, and it was stressful Somebody told me yesterday morning when they got there, and the bash hadn't even started yet, so I really don't think this was a compliment. They said, you're intense. (laughs) Now listen, now I'm going to have to have therapy after today's message. I said, yes, I am. 
And she said, no, you don't get it. You're intense. I said, I do get it. I I know I'm intense. I try to pare it back two or three notches because I know I'm intense. And she said, well, it's not. And and I don't even remember what the next thing was, but the conversation started to tank very quickly. And I realized that in my intensity of the back to school bash, I did not need to get in a dialogue about all of my inadequacies. And so as they continued to speak to me, I said, you know what? I know I'm intense. I know. I said, but it bode pretty well to launch a church. And it got us here. There wasn't a lot to say after that. I'm not sure that was a nice thing to say on my part. But I didn't feel like being beat up yesterday morning. I am intense. It's probably one of my top strengths, if it can be a strength. It can also be a shadow side. It can be a weakness. That's up to me to work on. We all have strengths and we all have areas of growth. If we're aware of them and if we'll work on them, the impact that we can have is overwhelming. I want you to take a look at the video of yesterday and how you using your strengths and working together to be the body of Christ made a difference. Take a look. I saw a lot of like people come in with a little bit of an attitude and they just leave kind of like in a better spirit and a better mood. Um, it's a good way to like lift your spirit. The back to school bash is a really great opportunity for people to come before school starts, bringing your family here. It's, a, it's always a highlight of my summer and I'm sure it's a highlight of a bunch of other people's summers too. My biggest takeaway was seeing the patience of everybody, uh, 
big huge line out in registration, but everybody was fine. We were everybody's passing waters around. Uh, great time, great atmosphere, and everybody's ready to start the school off on the same foot. I teach at the high school, so seeing some of the students come by and um, being able to have fun. Thank you so much for making Bash 2017 the biggest back-to-school bash that we have ever had. Today we had over 5,500 people and that was with the help of 400 volunteers that came today. And those 400 volunteers helped serve 4,300 hot dogs, 1,280 pairs of shoes, and the, the amount of students that we served is the most we've ever done at a number of 1,592 kids. And they got book bags and school supplies and clothes and books and all of that and it was just awesome. Today really, today and the bash in general really does show the hands and feet of Christ and everybody coming together. And that wouldn't be possible without the help and sponsors and the community that comes together and all the donations we receive. So thank you guys for making bash possible and helping make bash 2017 the best one yet. Thank you, and thank Lane Smith, if you will. And not because she's my daughter. Not because she's my daughter, but because she is strategic in her thinking and has logic. I know, and planning. Hey, I plan. You just don't know that I do. For real, you all have strengths. Lane used hers and her relationships with other people to pull off yesterday. But you as a church, you have strengths. Every Sunday, I don't know if you know it or not, but every Sunday, there is a pink pig out food truck. And Tyler Anterkin selflessly leads that. He's called the executive director with no pay. So that's like the best church job you could ever have. And last Sunday, I sort of halfway captain and had great people to captain alongside me. But when I got back there at the end and we were cleaning up, there was a little boy that was there and he was sort of dancing around on his feet. And uh, Paul Lovett Asked him, you know, why, where were his shoes? Were his feet not hot? And he said, uh, my brother and I, we share a pair. And they had walked all the way to the food truck on one pair of shoes, taking turns because they didn't have enough. They were there at the bash yesterday, the three little boys and the dad and the mom you make things like that happen, not just once a year, but every week. We all have strengths. We have been gifted by God with grace to use. So let us use our strengths for the good of the kingdom of God. I promise if we do, we will be the people that are changed. Let us pray. 
Gracious God, thank you for giving us strengths and gifts. Thank you for giving us knowledge and talents and skills. And God, over the next four weeks, help us as a a faith community, as a movement, see where our strengths are and then help us use them to glorify you for you are the giver of all good things. Thank you for a powerful day yesterday. Thank you for Lane and the team. Thank you for the West staff that work way more than they're ever paid to work. And thank you for all these folks in this room and online for believing in a mission and a vision that is bigger than we are. We offer you praise in Christ's name. Amen. So Thursday of this week, we needed to do a little extra shopping. We still needed like 300 pair of tennis shoes after registration ended. So many of you volunteered to shop, and thank you so much for doing that. I went to the Walmart in Denver because, as Lane says, we live in Narnia. And so nobody goes shopping at the Walmart in Denver, so I went to buy 100 pair of tennis shoes. And the lady at the, the cashier said, you know, of course, had a few questions, and I explained what we were doing. And she I bet that's so much fun. Like I told her I was a pastor and blah, blah, blah. And she said, I bet that's so much fun. And I stopped for a second. I thought, yeah, it is. Even in the chaos and the lack of logic and the the church administration, it's still fun. Go home today and think about what in your life is fun and what brings you joy. And then take the Strengths Finder test. I promise the two are correlated. Because we are called and equipped to be a people of joy. Go enjoy and peace.